0: What's going on, Neptunians? It is I, Bobby Neptune, and this is another episode of I Don't Know Yet. Uh, today, I want to talk about some stuff that, you know, means a lot to me. And I want to start out by talking about one of the most important things fatherhood. Uh, in the year of 2018, uh, my life definitely changed for the better as I became a father. And um, the ill shit about my my uh, situation is my son, Kamael, um, was actually born three months premature. So I had to spend, you know, three months um, in and out of the hospital pretty much every day, you know, there with him, um, watching him, you know, hoping that he would just uh, develop the right way and, you know, that he would survive. And, uh, you know, when he was first born... Um, the doctors and stuff were just saying, you know, you, we got to play it by ear, basically, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, he'll make it through the night, type thing. So it's like for being a first-time dad and then having to, you know, go through that, um, it definitely sets the tone. You know what I mean? Like off the muscle, like okay, this this shit right here is like beyond real. I remember, um, you know, I had you know I had a a crazy panic attack where like it felt like my whole body was, you know, sleep, like, you know, the pins and needles feeling and shit like that. And I felt like I was going to pass out in the delivery room. I told the doctors, you know, after they delivered him, I was like, you you might have to give me something, you know, because I'm I'm a little fucked up over here. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so, you know, uh, just watching the development of him and appreciating him more and more each day, you know, as he like grew and, and you know, they were able to take the feeding tube out and as they were able to, you know, wean him off of the oxygen. And, and I was actually able to hold them and do the skin to skin, you know, thing and, and all that shit. It was it was dope. And it was like, this is a whole new, you know, frontier. You know, this is like some old different type of feeling. And, you know, it's it's like I pledge allegiance to you forever without, actually pledging allegiance and then you look at yourself like in front of you you know in a small version and you you know make this promise to this person without saying anything yet again um, that I'm gonna hold you down and protect you and watch your back and be responsible for you and make sure you have the best that I can give you um, and they don't even understand a damn thing but they just look you in your eyes and they like alright I got you you know what I mean I hope you do And, you know, you, 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 you start growing from there. Now, you know, you fast forward a little bit. And and, in some cases, the situation with the mother and the father doesn't work out always. So, you know, you might have to go your separate ways. And that's how it happened for me. You know, I had to, uh, you know, we had to for the best. Of both of us, you know, we had to, um, you know, separate, which I'm, which is cool. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that, especially if you know that there's more self work that has to be done and self mastery and things that you have to take care of to fully, you know, understand how to give your child the best, um, lifestyle that they can actually have and give them the most love in the purest way possible. Uh, you have to be able to love yourself. You have to be able to, uh, understand yourself and you have to be able to value yourself and in order to do those things sometimes you have to step away as well as the other person they, they you know you want the person that's uh parenting with you to be able to say that I'm happy with who I am to be able to say that I love who I am and to be able to say I love where I'm going because you don't want any depression or anything like that you know resonating um from like the the terrible times in your relationship going through your kid. And yes, in the beginning, it's definitely different. You know what I mean? It's definitely tough. There's definitely times that you you get petty. There's definitely times that you you know, you you do things and say things just out of anger, you know, you do the, so does the other person involved, you know, it takes two to tango. And then, you know, you look at your child as like a poker chip, you know what I'm saying? Like some, you know, your child is being used as the thing to, you know, make you feel some type of way, or you're being the person who's using the child to make somebody feel some type of way. Um, And me, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, just thinking that whoever I was going to have a child with, I was going to be with for the rest of my life. So everything was going to be cool. You know, you have this, you know, facade in your head of like how things are supposed to be. And, you know, when it comes down to it, not being that way, you kind of like, damn, this is fucked up. So you're like, you know, you got to adapt. And the I I'd say for me personally, the hardest thing about that was um, you know, just being away from him uh, in the beginning. You know what I mean? I mean, it's still kind of like that now, but it's... It, there's more of a system in place. So it's not really like that. It was just like, you know, at that point, you know, there was a lot of pettiness involved. So, you know, there might be times where I wouldn't see him for maybe a week or maybe two weeks and shit like that. Just because, you know, I'm arguing, she's arguing. That's just the way it goes. You know what I mean? I'm not saying for everybody, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. You have to grow. You know what I mean? And, and, and also when you get to a point of being able to, Um, take care of things like adults, like handle things like, yo, you know, what's going on with them this week or her this week, you know, what I got to do, where I got to go, what do you need me to do? If they're, you know, taking care of extra business, you may or may not have to, you know, keep your kid for a day longer, or you may have to drop them off a day earlier, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? The holidays, you learn how to work things out, and that shows growth. So the same growth that you were seeking um in your you know, like when you ended the relationship, like, you know, there's things I gotta to, to do and things I have to work on for self. You know, you start seeing that more and more, especially when you're realizing that, um, you know, I don't even care about any of the other things that are involving this person as long as they, you know, are a responsible parent, you know what I'm saying, and then being a responsible parent, um it makes me give them all the respect in the world. You know what I'm saying because I know that at the end of the day, I don't have to worry about my child at all. I don't have to worry about my child learning anything wrong. I don't have to worry about worry worry about him not learning at all. I don't have to worry about anything, you know, it's just um as soon as i drop him off i know that he's getting the same nurturing that he's getting when he's with me and that's all that's that's all that matters um but definitely being a father up to this point has been an adventure uh i definitely will say that i don't i don't you know it's from what i've seen because i'm one of those type of people who like you know when i was younger and i got a dog i went and got every book in the library on puppies like on every type of of puppy in the world not just the one i had and i had a a, a little shit too his name was trey um shout out to trey he was he was around for for a while you know what i mean and uh so but i went and got every every little book you can get i you know went to the store and went crazy you know you know mom you know me and mom went nuts because she wanted to she wanted them too so we just went crazy um and so it was like as a as a father it was similar. You know, I went and I it wasn't more so I went and got every book and stuff like that. It was like I just watched every show that was on that was about babies or anything. anytime I saw like somebody with a baby, I just like felt, yeah, they got yeah, that's what's up. You got a baby, huh? You know what I'm saying? And anytime I uh you know, um, watched a movie and somebody had a baby and and there there was like there's like a a, I don't know if it's still on Netflix but there was a show on Netflix called Babies and I I watched that shit I don't know how many times I watched it just because I like watching people take care of their babies and shit like it was something about that that just made me feel good and um so, you know, it 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 a part that I never really see a lot of is, you know, the single dad with the newborn. Like it's that it, I'm telling you like that is scary. Like, you know, for me that was scary as hell. It was like um, you know, I'm I'm I got this little guy and you know, he's so fragile and He's so, and you know, coming off of what my son came off of this, you know, premature birth and, you know, these, these three months in the NICU, um, I was like on, on 10 with the level of protection, especially when, you know, now I got him and I'm by myself. So it was like, I didn't sleep because I was like, you know, I thought I was going to roll over on him all the time. I just would like sit there and stare at him. You know, I would I was like, even when he was at the age where I knew I could give him the food for actual babies, like they got those little Gerber puffs or the little the little like Cheeto looking things and they melt. And I would still be scared to give him those like I would give him. The uh, you know, I would give them to them, but I would like I still would like break them in half and shit, even though they melt as soon as they like put them in their mouth. I still was scared to death. You know what I'm saying? So like it was it was a it was a it's a real. I mean, it still is an adventure, but having a newborn um like by your side is is crazy. And then, you know, you get up and you you leave out of the room for a split second just to you know get a tissue or you know try to pee or something like that and you and they start crying and you realize that this little person like recognizes you you know you realize that this little person who most of the time is crying taking a shit and sleeping knows who you are and can feel when you're not there so now I am in the bathroom on the toilet holding this baby. You know what I'm saying? Or oh, taking the shit, you know, holding my son, which is probably, those are probably some of the proudest moments I've had in my life because I've heard like mothers speak on that stuff. You know what I mean? And I've heard some of the, some of my friends and some people, um, some fathers speak on that too. Like just the times that you're, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you got to take that that middle of the night piss and you know, the, your baby is up, you know? And you know, you're not gonna, if you're with your significant other, you don't just want to wake them up like, oh, I got to pee the babies up. Or, and if you're not, you know, it's on you and you just get up and you got to, you know, take the little guy or the little girl with you and you got to make sure that you aim right. You know what I'm saying? And if you got to take a shit, then oh my God. You know what I'm saying? You put them in the little, you actually got to prepare. To go do that. You can't just get up and like you would normally just get up and go to the bathroom and just you got to either get up and hold them while you're doing it or you got to put them in the little, uh, you know, the uh, the car seat or whatever you transport them in and then sit that on the floor in front of you while you're using the bathroom, which is, you know, which is new, but yet doesn't feel um, like. It doesn't feel like you're in the in a locker room, like having to take a shower at the Y or something. It feels like totally natural. You know what I mean? And th- like it was just it was like the, the like moments like that were like the bomb. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, uh, learning the cries, the different the different cri- like the I'm hungry cry, the you know, I I don't feel well cry, the I didn't poop, but I peed cry, you know, um the uh learning the, the to to keep remembering to burp them you know what i'm saying like everything all the things that that you have to do that you know may seem basic like for me it wasn't like it was hard it was just like i was at, i was so vigilant you know what i'm saying making sure i did all this stuff because i wanted I, man i want like i love my little man to death you know what i'm saying from day 1 and i just wanted to make sure that i was doing the right thing and so like you know it it it, it definitely created um, you know like like I will put it this way like i have you know what i'm saying i like i got like really high anxiety right and so in order for me to you know there's certain you know like there's certain things you can do you know exercise boxing, you know, smoking bud, reading, creating. Like those are some things I do to, you know, kind of even it out. But having having him, it kind of threw it all out the window because yes, I was like anxious about making sure things didn't happen, but I didn't have time to sit down and worry. I didn't have time to um to be like, you know, what's going on out there or even in the moments of when the when I first uh, you know, me and my uh The mother of my child first broke up, you know, I was like, you know, I didn't have time to be like, what's she doing or who she with or, you know what I mean? You don't really you you have it's not you, you really realize that the pettiness that you carry, the pettiness that you had for anything, not even just for your relationship but for anything in life well i mean hopefully you realize this i know i did you know that that shit is really nothing and i mean i'm a person that likes to think like that anyway like i like i'm a human like we're you know most of us on this planet are human as far as i can tell um and, you know, we do get caught up in humanity, like in human things and and, and getting upset about stuff and and arguments and, and just being petty and stupid. When we when like I, I like one thing I like to always say, if you're familiar with, you know, with the podcast or with, you know, Bobby Neptune at all, is that, um, you know, we're you know, we're on a young planet and we're even younger than the planet, you know, in this huge ass universe that we live in. So kind of getting caught up in, in dumb shit can really, you know, fuck up your your whole reality, like the way you're trying to live. And so becoming a parent to me um, made me realize even more on the actual physical level, like hit me in my gut, like in my soul, like, yo, none of that stuff is important, especially when you're looking at this little dude's face, you know what I mean? And he's looking up at you like, yo, I don't know shit about shit. Like, I don't know about outside. I don't know about inside. I don't know about, you know, what this shit is you're giving me, but it tastes good. And I'm hoping that it's doing the right thing, that it's, you know, nurturing my body. that You know what I'm saying? That you're not giving me no bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is all that they need from us. You know what I mean? When I cry, you're there. You know, when I poop, you change me. You know, when I spit up on you. I, I mean, like, my son, he was definitely one of those, like, heavy spitter uppers. So, like, in his... And he was, like, like you wouldn't even have to waste no time, you know, I mean, he like literally as soon as he was done and you would go to, to start trying to burp him, he's boom. And then like, you you know, because it was a decent amount, you know, it's, you're like, okay, you know, he should be good. So I'm just holding him and he's smiling and looking at me and then it's all over my face. So I had more while, you know, some kids or, you know, some kids do both, you know, when the air hits them, they like to pee on their parents. Um, He used to do that in the beginning, but he was way, I I've probably had way more spit up on like my face and shirts and stuff. That's why like I I used to, you know, I learned um also that like that you that the baby has baby clothes, but you also have baby clothes too. You know what I'm saying? So like I used to, you know, realize okay, I can't wear my not not like my good good hoodie, but like you know your good hoodie that you just go out that you go that you wear on a, like a normal, a regular basis. But it's like in good shape, you know what I mean. It's not like brand new, but it's in good shape. So you got like two or three or four or five of those, and then you got some you know weeks worth of sweat stuff like that, and then you got the stuff that you wear when you go to sleep or the stuff you wear that you paint in. That's the stuff that those are baby clothes. They, that's what's all turned into baby clothes, work clothes, or whatever, you know, um, because you don't really understand. That you you don't really understand that you have to do certain things that um require you to get dirty on a regular basis, like and you know it, for me, it took a lot of a lot of you know spit up stains that didn't come out in me. I had to also learn a lot about like you know i've I've done laundry you know since I was in high school since I was about sixteen at least um so. I knew what I was doing, but there's certain things you have to do to certain types of stains. And I was, I started getting, I started sustaining certain types of stains on my clothes. So I had to learn a lot, but it was like the dopest type of learning. You know what I'm saying? It was like the, you know, the way that you, uh, wake up as a the way like the way that like some little kids like like to go to school and they can't wait or like when the first days of school when you're young when you get to go and take all your school supplies well I don't know how it is anymore because everything is remote everywhere but when we used to actually get to go after we would shop for at office max for our little cheap Crayolas and then just get to go with our new lunch boxes it was like that like I felt it was really I was really proud and happy and watching the development of this little dude you know what I'm saying from where he came from you know what I'm saying from where he came from to him you know uh doing the little baby milestones because you know as a premature uh baby they they you know he's on his scale of growth was different so you know to see him catch up and and to actually like you know roll over and crawl and and make the and you know just make baby noises and sounds and and actually you know start recognizing things and saying things you know becoming like as he's because beca- he's on, he's only two now so i'm only two years in the game i'm still definitely completely a rookie but i mean the milestones they have up to this point where like i can basically have a conversation with him now and you know he understands what i'm saying you know what i'm saying and he talks back to me and you know we're we're, we're kicking it you know he has his tv shows he likes to watch like you know like who, who what Kid doesn't like Paw Patrol, but to him it's it's Paw Patrol. You know what I mean, like things like that. So he's he's there, but watching him come to go to, to, to that point, watching him take his first steps. You know, seeing um, now that he has uh, clothes that he didn't used to fit. I mean, that he used to fit like they fit him, or that were way too big, and now like they're way too small. I mean, there was little, there was things that I bought him um, like two or three months ago. And the man is like, you know, it's like they're like high waters on him now, like high water pants and like tight shirts and stuff like that. And I'm so proud to see that because he definitely was growing um, slower, like he was smaller. And, you know, people would see him and be like, oh, he's so little. Yeah, he definitely, definitely was a little guy. You know what I mean? Because of that. So, um, you know, that whole adventure has so far has been so dope. And um, I just want to, you know, I want to highlight that and, and talk about it because I don't really get to hear a lot of uh, fatherhood, you know, stories and, you know, also being, you know, coming from the I don't want to say the, the, the classic, but just coming from a scenario where in the beginning stages of my life, you know, my father wasn't around and, you know, um, not wanting to even be on that like, wave, like, facilitating that when that's what you hear a whole lot of. You know what I mean? I, like, I couldn't even picture my being my, that my son's only two. I couldn't picture not being in his life for these past two years. You know, I couldn't picture walking away from him. I couldn't picture anything like that. Like, I love that little man to death. So, I L holla at you. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to the BM for, you know, holding it down and being you know, being a good, you know, a good, um, a good mother, you know what I'm saying? And, and showing him the right things that you're supposed to be showing him so we can make sure that we guide him the ways that we're supposed to be guiding him in this world. Cause it is crazy out here for a young, a young black man. Um, so, you know, that's my, that's my, that's my fatherhood thing. So, uh, you know, I want to kind of talk about, you know, the, 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 the narrative of the African-American man and, and, You know, of the African-American person, not just the man. Um, But before I get into it, I want to kind of tell a story that, um, you know, has something to do with it. And so, you know, it was actually inspired by a a story my cousin was telling earlier. And uh, so shout out to Ish. And, um, you know, it kind of like brought up some memories and it definitely relates. So I want to talk about it. It's, it's, It's a story that I like to call... The Ash Ketchum gun story. Now, for the purposes of people's names, obviously, I'm gonna, you know, change one person's name. Let's say this guy's name is now Ash Ketchum. Um, so years ago, I um, I used to have a little Deuce Deuce. You know, you a little, you know, for those of you who are unfamiliar, a little twenty-two, and uh, it it was it was so old school. It might as well have been a musket. Like it was it was that it was it was like that. But it would it you know, it 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 could pop a little joint and make a loud enough sound to to, you know, get the crowd away if you needed to, you know, run or some shit like that. But it definitely was old as hell. You know what I'm saying? Definitely was like one of my grandfather's like old guns or something like that. So being a young, you know, idiotic, impressionable teenager. Me and my cousin, you know, would, uh, you know, we had the shit and we had another, you know, we had a crew. You know, we had a a crew of friends like most people have. And uh, we had a friend and the friend's name is Ash Ketchum, let's just say. And this dude, Ash Ketchum, was really intrigued by, um, you know, stuff like that. Handguns, you know, drugs, things like things of that nature. So he would always say, yo, dude, where is the, you know, where's the, where's the gun? Where's the piece? Let me see it. And, you know, we were, you know, we weren't on it like that. Like, we weren't on it. Like, this wasn't, it's not the Wild West. We weren't, like, walking around carrying the shit. Like, you know, I didn't, I never really had, like, major beef with anybody. I'm not like a, a, you know, I'm not like a, you know, I'm not like a gangbanger. Like, I'm not really, you know, I didn't, I don't, I wasn't running around, you know, with a set or nothing like that. I just had a crew of niggas that I ran with. And, you know. Just just the norm, we just did the normal shit, you know fought every now and then, you know what I mean pretty much just smoked a lot of bud and and tried to see what's up with the ladies. you know what I mean that's where the the uh, instinct to start rapping and, and creating shit from came from one of them anyway um, so uh you know but it was it was on deck, you know what I'm saying it was on deck in case anything like really really hit the fan. So, but this dude, you know, he was really, really, like, every time we would chill, just like, yo, where is it at? Can I see it? Can I hold it? Blah, blah, blah. And so, um, you know, finally, we just get tired of, like, you know, the begging and the, fuss. here, dude, you, you can hold it. And when this dude... When I, you know, I, I kid you not. When when, when he grabbed this shit, it looked like he had held this Excalibur. You know what I mean? It looked like it was probably one of the best moments that he had ever had in his life. Like it was almost uh, climactic to him. And when, when that, when that steel, when that cold steel touched his hand, you know, me and my cousin looked at each other like, "Yo, we we probably shouldn't have given him that shit." And. I kid you not. We probably would have had to resort to fisticuffs to get it back from him. So that you know, later that day, we're um, you know going to a store, you know, in on the uh, on the Bailey Avenue area of Buffalo, and um, you know, we get out the car, me Ish and Ash catch him, and you know, we're walking, and uh, this guy is walking into the store with his girl, and so he's you know ash is is really he's feeling really really uh more he's feeling more brave he's got gun muscles you know what i'm saying and you know my cousin uh likes to refer to what he was doing as the gun dance you know what i'm saying when you know because he looks at this guy you know complete unnecessary screw face and dude's like what's good now, me and my cousin are about, you know, we're we're like almost into the store right now. He like stops to do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, he like, pl- like he planned the whole thing. As soon as we got out that car and he saw that dude and with his girl, he knew what he was going to do. So we, you know what I'm saying? We go and we're walking towards the, do- you know what I mean? Getting towards the store. And I'm 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 like, yo, Ish. And I, he turns back and he, I'm like, what is this nigga doing? And, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, he's getting to an exchange with the dude. So we kind of walk over and... Dude's like, what's good? And then so he like opens his coat and he like, like puts his hand, like flashes it down there. Like when he had like, if you ever seen Ninja Turtles, you know, the first one it's like when uh, the niggas had stole the purse, the foot soldier niggas had stole the purse and they was running down the street and then Raphael tripped him. And then he opened his trench coat and he was like, uh, uh, and he like points to the side and it's and it, he he was doing some shit like that. And then like moving all weird and excited. It was, it was, it was, it was strange and it was uncomfortable. And so the dude sees the piece and he's like, um, you know, he's like, all right, you got this. You know what I'm saying? Like it is what it is. it's nothing you could do. He did the smart thing. And he's like, but I'm gonna see y'all boys. And now it's y'all boys. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh man, like, dude, what the fuck did what just in that in that short period of time, what the fuck happened? And it's because of one, our stupidity of letting that man putting that gun in that man's hand you know what i'm saying like that shit was probably the stupidest shit ever and so you know the dude walks off with his girl or whatever and so you know um i'm like nah you know this 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 can't be what happened so we have you have to get this you got to get that joint back you know what i'm saying because you ain't know, you're gonna get us killed you're gonna get us killed out here bro so you know what i'm saying it had that that had to get squashed and it was it was one of those moments where there was the level of seriousness was like, if you don't give me that shit right now, then we're going to have a problem and it's not going to be a good one. And because of the level of respect that was still there, because we were friends, Ash Ketchum, you know, did the right thing. But, um you know, the dude, it could have went way different. You know what I'm saying? Like the dude could have been on some total, yo, I'm going to. Um, you know, I I, I could he could have had niggas in the car. He could have had the joint right on him, right there, and said, "Fuck it, let's just let's just you know go for whatever." And this shit, like I said, this is a little twenty two rifle. This shit, it wasn't no. It wasn't no, it wasn't no joint that was, it wasn't ready for no gunfight. You know what I'm saying? It was like, that was not the type of gun this was. You know what I mean? It was not ready for no gunfight. It was, it just wasn't that type of joint. You know what I'm saying? But so for him to even, so that tells you that it wasn't the, the ratchet that made him, um, feel invincible it was just the feeling of like having that it wasn't the knowledge of like yo this is not like i'm more likely to get us killed doing shit that i'm doing you know what i'm saying then um using this for protection or using this just to in in a in a a scenario where i may need it you know and um it just it you know it, it we're like we're lucky you know what i'm saying that we didn't end up seeing this dude again on some shit where he's like yo uh you know, it's time, you know what I mean, type shit. Because it could have been, and it could have been any one of us. It wouldn't have mattered if it was just him. Because the way, it, that's not how it works in the street. It would like, yo, these three niggas was with the dude that had the ratchet. You know, and I don't know if they had a joint, And I don't know what the, the purpose of him even doing what he did was. So I feel more apt to just let, let, let a few off at these dudes. Because who knows what they're going to do. We don't, and we don't need, we like, I'm not going to remember this dude's face. Because I wasn't paying enough attention to him, really. I was paying attention to Ash Ketchum. So he wouldn't do nothing stupid. So it's just like, um, you know, it was a very, very dumb situation. And we're lucky as fuck that we were able to get out of it. And I learned a lot about that shit. I was, you know, I'm saying honestly, I was smarter than that. To begin with, but then there, there's a thing called peer pressure. There's a thing called loyalty. There's a thing called friendship. And when those things are all swirling around in your head, you're like, yo, this person's not going to like, I, I trust their actions. So they're not going to do the wrong thing. Um, another comparison my cousin likes to make to him was he was like ju, he was like, uh, Tupac and juice when he got the joint. And that's, that's probably. If you've seen Juice and know how Tupac was acting when they got their hands on a ratchet, it's probably a hundred percent accurate. you know, so we're lucky that the situation didn't turn out into some straight up full blown juice shit um the reason that I shared that story is because I want to talk because I think that the um the narrative that's set uh for the you know for Afri- for young african American males and that's pushed like mainstream pushed is a narrative that says get a gun um and get in the niggas face with it. You know what I'm saying? And you, you really do have to understand, like, there really, for some people, it really it really would take a person saying, like, yo, you know that this rap music is just rap music, right? Like, yes, this stuff goes on in the street, but nobody, when we listen to this in the car, it's not saying go do it. You know, when we listen to this in the car, it's not saying put this shit on your lap because this nigga's talking about killing on this record and look, try to see if you could find somebody to, to scan I to eye and say, yo, he must got a problem with me because that's what it does. And seeing firsthand you know, that, and then, you know, you, you add that and then you add liquor and then you add, you know, other drugs and then you add, you know, some, you know, some other, some other people. That shit always ends up turning into a nigga moment. I don't know if anybody's familiar with the nigga moment from the boondocks, but if you're not, then you need to watch season two of the nigga moment episode with stink Meaner, um, because you'll understand what that is. And it, and the way Huey breaks it down, um, it's almost like a scientific equation. And it, the thing is, I've seen that happen. I've seen nigga moments happen time and time again. In fact, they're still happening now. That's how a lot of these rappers are getting killed. Rest in peace to Mo3. Rest in peace to Vaughn again. You know what I'm saying? That's how this shit is happening. Um, still after Biggie and Pac, rest in peace to them. You know what I'm saying? It's a shame. And it's, there's more and more. And the thing is, it's not just, um, MCs. Like I said before, it's, every, it's, 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 look at Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Look at LA. Look at, I mean, I live in Buffalo. You know what I mean? I even look at my city and you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's a certain thing that just happens sometime. And at the root of it are these things that are supplied for the black narrative. I always like to refer back to, um, I was watching this guy make, he was making a speech, this white dude. And I don't remember what uh, his name was, but he was talking about how when Rick Ross had said that controversial controversial line about the Molly when he said, put Molly in a girl drink and she ain't even know it. And don't get me wrong, that's horrible. Like, you know what I'm saying? Any type of date rape drug, anything like that, that shit is horrible. But how the the guy was pointing out how He's allowed to talk about how he's killing his own kind, how he's selling drugs to his own kind, about how he's got guns and shooting and doing all that shit. And it's fine. You know what I mean? It's always, it's smiled upon. Like, you you better be performing those songs at your show, boy. You know what I mean? But as soon as he says some shit like that, You know, take Rick Ross off of this, take Rick Ross off of that, take Rick Ross. Shouldn't that be the same application you use if he's talking about murdering motherfuckers all the time? If he's talking about supply, you know what I'm saying? There is no, there's no, there's, it's like, oh no, that's, that's what they do. So that's what they know. So it's okay. You know, but he mentions doing that, some shit that's, uh, Wrong to an American citizen, not an African American citizen, to an American citizen, period. Then we have to stop him and put him in check. It's all wrong. It's all fucked up. Now, us speaking about what we know, you know, getting on a microphone, talking about things that we see on a day to day basis, things that we've gone through, you know, that's understood. And the thing about it is that that's a part of you know, the urban life, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a part of the urban plight. Like it doesn't you can it is as, as far as us like we we do what we can do as far as we um, can trying to uh, help the hood and trying to make sure that, you know, at at the same time that you got you know drug dealers and gang bangers and all that shit, you still got boys and girls clubs. You still got little kids that are smart. You still got kids that are going to school. That shit is still promoted. It's not like it's just a place full of fucking drama and 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 violence all the time. That's not what it's all about. You know what I mean? But that's what I'm saying. That's what's played up. That's what's pushed. You know what I mean? And it's pushed in a way where people try to use it as, well, if they do that, then why why don't they stop black on black crime first? Why don't they stop? Because the narrative is pushed like that. You know, people think all that you want to do is run around rocking chains. I mean, because they push, uh, you know, us showing stacks of money and wearing jewelry and driving cars that are expensive. And thinking like this is the all this is all they want. You know what I mean? This to them, this is the this is the end all be all. They got a mansion, they got some money, they got some cars. Boom. But then you look at somebody like Nipsey Hussle who always talked about how investing in you and really turning and really how you are a business and how, you know, nobody is going to give you a uh a opportunity because they know that they could spin off on you and they can use you you know what i'm saying and be like all right we did what we had to do now you can go on about your business nigga you know what i'm saying like they know that they could do that like I, i've seen mad interviews like that and he was one of the dudes from the ground up jay-z was as well you know what i'm saying and a lot of people are on the independent tip like as far as, far as making music but they're on the independent tip as far as the whole business aspect of it as well because at the end of the day they they there's certain music they want you to make there's especially now you know what i mean like now let's that's like the um the uh the Tupac uh the the, the Tupac quote when he was like if niggas ain't still spitting that hardcore shit if they ain't still spitting that that rebel shit they ain't still spitting that real shit you know and they own, and like party and shit is cool like we all we need we need every aspect of hip hop like i said before but if it's being overshot by the violence, overshot by the drugs, overshot by the guns. And then you might get a little bit of some knowledgeable bars in between. You might get a little, and I'm not talking conscious rap. I'm just talking about niggas that know what the fuck is going on. You know, it's certain people, if you go on their, uh, Instagram pages or Twitter feeds, um, You know, all they all they doing is just showing you some sneakers that's rare or standing next to a tall stack of money or, you know, playing video games or having chains. And that's all cool. It's good to see young African-American dudes having fun and getting their money. But I still want to know. What you think about certain shit. I still want to know how you feel about certain shit. I don't want things to have to happen for us to have to hear your voice. You know what I'm saying? I don't want, you know, black kids to have to get killed for you to have to speak up. You know, it doesn't really make sense for people to... um you know, for people to sit and and for people to think that yo, this is the way that they are. This is the way that they get down. This is the way that they move because this is how it is and this is how it is on TV. You know, this is how it is when we. Uh, this is how it is when uh, when we go to rap concerts. You know, you can't go to a concert without a shooting. You can't go to a concert without a fight. And it's like when you sit there and you. Think about the other concerts. I mean, when I've I've heard people talk about how you know um, at certain shows and stuff, they're, they're allowed to do mosh pits. They're allowed to you know. And I used to do security, and I used to and I did security at like a really heavy metal show one time, and they do some old weird shit where they get in a big ass circle, and it looked like they just fight. You know what I'm saying? Like it really does. It looked like they just fight, and that shit is allowed. Like it, it's it's totally cool if you sit there if you just and, and then we're like you know shit i'm like should I? should we stop this should we do something about it and it's like nah, don't do nothing about it like just you know sit there and let them fight and they get fucked up like people really be bleeding sometimes they get their teeth knocked out sometimes they get like knots on their head and shit and they just help each other like it's cool though like i'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it because it's cool but i'm just saying if it Even looked like something like that was gonna go down. I wanna, you know, I mean, a black dude might end up getting shot by a cop. Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, it looked like he was gonna, it looked like they was gonna fight. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't know what to do. So I just think that the narrative is pushed all wrong. I mean, for example, I don't know if you if too many people know about Riza Islam, but he's a, you know, somebody who um, he's follows Minister Farrakhan. He's an anti-vax dude. He's you know what I'm saying? He's a he he's a real rebellious guy. And, uh, you know, but his character and the things he does is not the point. His um, Instagram and has about 500,000 followers. Now, I don't really know what it takes to be verified. Uh, but I figure that if you got 500,000 people following you, then that means that you're in a, you're somewhere being searched a lot and the things that you do are actually affecting something outside of social media, like in the actual real world. So when you actually, um you know what i mean so i don't, i think that would ca- like qualify for a verification and what i'm i'm using him because even if he has things that he says that people don't agree with i know there's a lot of people out there who you know don't agree with certain um elements of Things that somebody like him might say, but that dude has a lot of knowledge. Like he knows a lot of he he has a knowledge base, you know, a book base, a wisdom base. You know, he has a lot of knowledge, so you can learn things to refute him, or you can learn things to you know accept and 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 carry on into the world. But he's got five hundred something thousand followers. There's people with. 24,000 followers and all they talk about is you know what you ain't got or what you ain't gonna do or how you ain't doing shit or they throwing money you know what I mean at the camera or they spitting bars and it's about you know 90% murder you know what I mean and they check is they got a blue check next to their name you know what I'm saying and so it's like that's what it seems like that's what Instagram wants you to see. It seems like that's what Instagram or Twitter wants to push. But so you actually have to look up this guy's. Um, you actually have to look up his his uh, account. You actually have, you actually have to look up his his feed, and you actually have to be able to be like, I had to I had to seek this out, or hopefully somebody tags him in it. So um, you know the 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 way the narrative is pushed. You know I can speak volumes on, and I probably am. This is just the beginning of it. Um, I just wanted to, you know, kind of weigh on it a little bit and, you know, bring in, you know, another African-American Casey, uh, Casey Goodson or Godson. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. I think it's Kate Goodson, um, junior, rest in peace to him, you know, cause another African-American was gunned down, um, for what? And then the moment we start speaking on that and saying like, yo, it's just wrong for the cops to kill black people. It's just wrong for the cops to kill people, period. You know what I'm saying? But definitely this taste that they have. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For killing African-Americans like at your on your doorstep. Like, oh, my like my house is based, dog. That's a, you know what I'm saying? This is gl- this is glue. You know what I mean? You can't you not you can't do you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? You can't do that. That shit is nightmare. That's the stuff of nightmares. When you can't even when you when you're like yo I can't like I let I can't go home you know what I'm saying if you think you can at least go home to yo if I get to the house I can make it to the house and get in the house because these niggas see your cell phone and think your cell phone's a gun you know what I mean but as soon as we start coming out of our mouths and saying like yo this again you niggas did this shit again and it, you know here it is it's fucked up again here y'all come well why don't y'all take care of yourselves why don't y'all take care of black on black crime why don't you take so it's like the only reason you speaking on that is because the narrative is being pushed so you know, I think we need to work on that fucking narrative, guys. It's Bobby Neptune. I don't know yet. Make sure you stream all the other episodes. I will be back for more uh, soon. Make sure you stream Abstract Smart. Make sure you stream the Proton Pack. Neptune is Rex. The EP is coming soon. Bobby Neptune out.